everybody. Welcome back to the Day Late Dollar Short edition of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. I am your co-host Rusty Buckets checking in here tonight on episode number 56. Really, there's not a better 56 to me than Lawrence Taylor. Uh, there's a few, been a few others in sports, but that's kind of what I was thinking for our show tonight. Drew, co-host, colleague, infamous, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome to the podcast, sir. You got any other better 56 you can think of? I'll be honest with you. You know, typically you send out the Skype invite with who, you know, the first 56 you think of. And I was thinking all day, I was like, I don't, who's 56? Yeah, same. Uh, and then you didn't even put a name in the invite. I was like, maybe he doesn't even know who 56 is. Uh, I don't. Nobody comes off the, off the top of the dome for me. I'll be honest. I mean, just Lawrence Taylor, who was a little bit before our time, shockingly before my time. I know. Insert old joke here. You can go ahead and make it. But um, at fifty six, he was the only one. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, LT man. Oh, okay, yeah. I was thinking Sean Taylor. No, that's twenty one. He is. Yeah. RIP. Okay. Yeah. So number fifty six. The first thing that comes up is Lawrence LT. Taylor. And he's the only one that comes As it up. should be, probably. Uh, who won 56 on the Redskins? RIP Redskins. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Dolman was yeah. a 56. What number did What number did Lawrence Taylor wear? Uh, yeah, there is Chris, best of number 56. All right, here Chris we go. Chris Dolman was Just, one. I know that's another 56. Okay, here are the Hall of Oh, here we go. All right, okay. let's hit me. Lawrence Taylor, Chris Dolman. I've never heard they of him. They played for the Dolman. Patriots. I'm two for two. There you go. Andre Tippett. You lost me. Ted Hendricks, Bill DeWitt, Dante Lavelli, and Joe Schmidt. Those could have been accountants, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, substantial players wearing 56, not yet in the Hall, Hall of Fame. Uh, Derek Johnson. Ooh, LeVar Arrington. Uh, Demario Davis, famous Saint, one of the best linebackers in the league right now. Uh, Brian Cushing. Oh, yeah. Mr. Steroids yep, himself. the one and only. Uh... Let's see, Randall Godfrey. You remember oh, him? Oh yeah, he was short. The he was a uh, Titan, right? He was a Titan. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lavar Arrington. He he he's Quentin Nelson, current offensive lineman for the Colts, product of Notre Dame. Yeah. He's the most polite offensive lineman. They always show these videos of him like pancaking people, and he's like, "You good, sir?" And it's like. Hey, bro. It's because you can do that if you're the most dominant person in yeah. the world. When, when, you know, it's the opposite of little man syndrome. You know, like me, I'm short, and so I feel like I've got to really yell and scream for to feel like I'm being heard. Yeah. You know, that's what little man syndrome is. You're the exact opposite if you're just as big as a truck and amazing at everything you do. <laughs> there is no point in being mean to yeah. anybody. You just say, you're good. <laughs> you, and they have to say, yes, sir, <laughs> or you'll do it again. again. <laughs> you'll do it to him and again. And you'll still probably do it again. But um, – so, guys guys and gals, if you're tuning in this early, we appreciate you being here. Just know, between work, between Drew's family stuff, I've had stuff going on. It has been a week. We we obviously are recording yes, a day late. Yes. We didn't record last night because we opted for some reason to watch Grizz opening night, which we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But we don't even have a show doc for tonight. That's how prepared we are. So, this is off the cuff. Buckle up. We might be here a while. I'm I'm going to let everybody right now, we don't know how long this is going to go. You guys that are listening know how long this podcast is. I'm going to tell you right up front from the standpoint that me and Rusty have. When you don't have a show, Doc, can go one of two ways. This episode will be 45 minutes, or this episode will be three and a half hours. And knowing Drew and myself, <laughs> y'all might as well buckle in. We just didn't go full like Lonesome Dove on y'all and be here for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody watched Bridge Over River Quiet a while? <laughs> this might be as entertaining. All right, Rusty. Rusty. 
Uh, it's been a rough mm-hmm. week, Ru- like you said. Uh, rough has been, you know, pretty busy for both mm-hmm. of us. We've both dealt with some illnesses. Uh, we're going to start this podcast off with the best thing that's happened this week. So you may have to think hard, but we are going to make you tell everybody what the best thing that happened this week was. Best thing that happened this week. We have a first in the history of the Two Buck Sports Podcast. A winning quarterback at Alcorn Central? No, they lost. <laughs> but hey, shout out time, man. Real quick, like yeah. that's my. So I got two two best. That was it was going to be my best part. B. I'm proud of my nephew, man. He stood in there. He got pummeled by Boomble. They were Boomble was good, and I, I got to watch it on TV. They had a live stream. It was awesome. Oh, but nice. Ty kept standing in the pocket, making good throws. He made some good decisions, threw a couple picks, and got absolutely beat up. But just kept going back out there, kept just standing in there. So, shout out Ty Witten. I have never been more proud of him as my nephew. Uh, just really just right. showed some gumption in a game that they were outmatched. Um, lost 49 to nothing, but Ty played very well, as well as you could in a loss like that. I mean, a 49 to nothing loss for Alcorn Central is not, not anything to be, you know, in Mississippi of. high school football, they start a running clock once you're down 35 to nothing. They had a running clock in the second quarter. God. So, uh, but that's my that's the second part. The best thing that happened is a first in the history of the Two Buck Sports podcast. For the first time, we had a football pick go seven and zero. Got every single game right. Did we really? Buckets is back. Did? I did. It wasn't you. Buckets did is you back. Really? I got Ohio State, Alabama, Missouri, Utah, Florida State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. We betting, boys. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Seven and zero puts oh, me man. at twenty and twenty one for the year. Don't call it a comeback. I'd have been here the whole time. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> wow, what a miracle week. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. You haven't picked seven games right if you added them all together in the 55 <laughs> previous episodes. And you went 7-0 seven seven and and this baby. week. That's incredible. Let's go. I would say congratulations, but we both know it was just dumb luck. <laughs> well, you went 5-2, and two, so you didn't do awful either. Yeah. So it puts us, though. Hey, that means I'm three games over 500, You're 22-19, and 19, and I am 20-21. and 21. I am in this thing. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> It's a competition That's now. it, man. I just needed one week, baby. That's all I needed was one week. So that's my best. Shout out, Ty, and shout out me for going 7-0. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How about you, there man? You What's go. your best? Oh, well, me and my wife today, I did take off work a couple hours early today because we had our first appointment to see our baby boy with uh, the full ultrasound anatomy scan. I can confirm to everybody that our boy Banks has got two arms and two legs. Uh, he's got 10 toes and 10 fingers, I think. <laughs> I couldn't get a g- good count on all of the fingers and toes, but I know at least on one hand he's got five fingers. So uh, he will be able to grip a baseball with one hand. I know that. Well, make so, sure it's his left hand. Uh, we all, Yeah, well, we all know that you know it's not a total prerequisite to have two hands to play baseball if you're going to pitch. You can do that with one yes, hand. Yes, you can. So, uh we're still, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers are appreciated. We still hope he all has, has all ten fingers. But we do know he at least has the future in baseball is still, you know, right right in front of us, right for the taking. Quite intact. You know, That's awesome, man. Yeah. Ah. And so we got to see our boy Banks, uh, and uh, he'll be here in March. I talked to our doctor, asked if, you know, you know, our daughter was born on 2-2-22. And so I was really kind of hoping this – baby boy would be born on 4-4-24 and so I asked what's the harm in her staying pregnant for 44 <laughs> weeks and he quickly told me that was not 
And I'm Bass like, gonna come out talking. So, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I told my wife. I said, "Look there." I said, "Yeah, they can't really do that." At 44 weeks, they probably have teeth, and they'll just chew their way on out. <laughs> it's like like it's like a dog locked in a laundry room. You know, you just come back, and dryer sheets, and everything just just torn to shreds. So yeah, so uh, maybe we can go three three as an option. Yeah. So I'll have two two, but and they have two kids born on three three because that's practical. Oh, that's birthday. right. Yeah. Uh, so I could go two two and two of them on three three, or the due date is three six. Be a three mafia six baby. mafia baby. His nickname has to be you DJ know. Paul, Juicy J, something. Yeah, we we'll call him Juicy. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so know, uh, during the anatomy scans, you know what in particular the most important thing they're looking for, sure. for is, and for most reveals, a lot of times, you know, before the blood reveal, you're always looking male or female. Mm-hmm. And the woman looked, looked, and we knew it was a boy. They had the blood test, but for the longest, I was just like, hurry up and just Confirm see it, it okay? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I need I need to see it. And she said, and there's the turtle head. And I was like, ma'am, you don't realize it, but you just gave my son a nickname that he'll keep forever. I'm like, that's a little turtle right there. <laughs> Jenny came out long and skinny, so I've called her Noodle all the time. So I've got Noodle and Turtle. Like, I thought you just gave that baby a nickname. If that doesn't scream tip of county, I don't know what does. What's your kid's name? We got oh, Noodle and Turtle. <laughs> you ever seen that West Blankenship? He does that on uh, that little mock uh, high school football yes. PA announcer. Yes. Uh, it's hilarious when he's like, "Yo, where's old Turtle Gan taking the kickoff <laughs> for Ripley High School?" You know? And there's there's his big sister, Noodle, homecoming queen and senior. Senior maid, Noodle Gan, her little escorted by her little brother Turtle. And there's her two older sisters come back from college. That's Coco and BB. Just know that if if he is yeah. born on three six, that I will be there with a with a framed three six album cover. That's the only thing you can get somebody Please. born on three six. Please, because mm-hmm. I can tell you right now. He won't be hearing it in my house. <laughs> That's right. And it's not all my fault. When he hangs out Uncle Buckets, we'll bump some 3-6, and I'll teach him yeah, what's up. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, all right, man, so we talked about our best part of the week. We got that out of the way. Make ourselves feel better. What's your beef for the week? Oh, man, let me tell you what. My beef is easy. Oh, so Sunday night, my wife gets a little sick. You know, I think, you know, it's a more severe baby, you know, the process of making babies you know, or, or having babies. You get sick. You know, smells trip you off or whatnot, and kind of chalked up to that. Tuesday night, uh, I started feeling a little knot in my stomach, and about nine o'clock, me and Chloe, my oldest, almost simultaneously roll over and run to the toilet. I mean, and it ensued like twelve hours of pure anarchy inside my stomach. And I'm not going to give any details, but I just want you to know at one time. I looked at my wife and I said, "Am I going to die?" And <laughs> she said, "Uh, no, I don't think so." But I was like, eh, "I don't know." At this point, I'll take either. <laughs> uh, so yeah, today, uh, and I'm I'm not a pleasant uh, vomiter. To, uh, I don't know if that's the science science term we want to use. That's, that's most widely, you know, not too vulgar. I don't want to say puke, you know, but not the. I'm, when I'm when it's coming out, it is like a whole body contraption. I'm telling you, it's the best ab workout I've gotten in forever. Because today, sore. I'm sore. Oh my back, my chest, my abs. 
It's like I told my dad, like the best ab workout I've gotten in years. You know, uh, so honestly, I it made it's made me realize I need to do more ab workouts, but not not going to do it that mm, way. That's not how you want to do it. That's not how you want to lose weight either. Um, yeah, I've been battling some illness myself. Uh, I had a cold all last week. Um, it's been a tough week this week for some similar reasons, but uh, we here, we end this thing. It's over, hopefully, knock on wood. Yeah. Had to be strategic uh-huh. around how I was handling that this week, and so I'm just, <laughs> Lord, I am ready, Drew, for just, I need some, like, calm seas. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, you oh, know what they yeah. say, like, rough seas make a sailor, and I'm like, all right, I can sail. Let's, uh, let's settle this thing down. We got tattoo appointments and cigarettes in our sleeves right now. I'm full-blown sailor. I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, we have navigated some waters, the two of us, these last yeah. two weeks. So let's uh, yeah. let's ease into a, a good weekend yeah. this weekend. What do you say? Yeah. Here we go. But. What about you? What's your beef? <sighs> Y'all knew we was going to get to this at some point, but we decided not to record last night so we could watch our beloved Memphis Grizzlies. And last night is not necessarily the beef. Like, you know, Desmond Bain had a phenomenal game. We'll get into that here in just a little bit, you know, the stats and the takeaways from that. But I just got some beef with the organization at large. Just with the way oh, – Game one. And not even – again, the, the results on the court notwithstanding, there were some positives last night. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. having zero points at halftime was not one of them. But of course, this whole Stephen Adams thing has gotten in my crawl, and it's just really, it, it's just really bugging me. Well, tell the people what you're talking. So about. Stephen Adams, the beloved Big Kiwi, aka Aquaman, aka again Stephen Adams, our post, our rebounding. Tell you what he means to this team. Last year, he led the NBA in offensive rebounds when he got hurt in December, and he led the NBA until April. And he did not play a game in the, in 2023, and he still led the NBA in offensive rebounds. That's what he means to our beloved Grizzlies. Yep. And true. so in December last year, he tore his posterior cruciate ligament, your PCL. And it's something that I don't see often in the clinic because really you only tear it when you fall on it or a car wreck or whatever. But it's typically a surgical case. You can manage it conservatively, and there's ways around that strengthening the hip, hamstring, and quad. I'll spare you all the, the nerdy details of that that I do want to nerd out about. But they decided to manage it conservatively. And I don't know if it was Steve-O's camp, if it was the Grizz, if it was Campbell Clinic, because, you know, the Grizz made a swap this summer from Campbell Clinic to Ortho South. Could that have been what happened? Regardless, we have gone. Yo, you think it was a tank job by Campbell no. Clinic since they were going out the door? No, I think Campbell Clinic dropped the ball and they sent him out the door is one possibility. Who knows? There's a million conspiracy theories out no, there. That's, that's, I think the contract ran out and they decided to go ortho south. Shout out to Owen Tabor yeah. in that group. Bunch of good guys, good docs. Sponsor the podcast if y'all are listening. Um, Hire my buddy Ruckett so I can get season There we tickets. go. Hey, listen, I will work for season tickets. How about that? Um, But regardless, they decided to manage it conservatively for almost a full calendar year. For those of you keeping up at home, it is October 26th, and he heard it last December. And so manage it conservatively. The the front office played it really close to the chest, and we didn't hear much about it. Then he played in the first preseason game in a limited role. And then all of a sudden, the week before the season starts – we get an announcement on a beautiful Sunday. I had some good plans, a gorgeous day, and I get a text from my best friend, my coworker, my co my colleague, my co-host, I guess co-worker on this this podcast where we make so much money. That just ruined my mm. Sunday. Steven Adams is having surgery to repair a PCL injury that he sustained last season and will be out for the rest of the year. Yeah, so I have a couple of thoughts on it. One is I'm not going to put on a tinfoil hat. I'm just going to stop right there. 
I'm gonna. I know that the uh, the front office is very vague with injuries, with updates. I get it. I don't really know what's going on. It's obvious that they were going to try their hardest to get him ready because this team is not at their full potential ever without Steven Adams. And so it puts – now that he's out for the year, it does put the onus on them to make a move to where we can mm-hmm. reach the same ceiling that we could have had with Steven Adams playing. But uh, Taylor Jenkins did come out and say that even if he would have had this surgery in the spring is the timeline he did, that he still would miss the 23-24 season. I got, I got issues with that. As a physical therapist, yeah. I got issues with that. If he'd have had that surgery in the spring, he could have played probably January, February. Well, I'm just going to take a coach's face value because I can tell you right now that Taylor Jenkins would not have jeopardized the jeopardized the 23-24 season by waiting on a surgery that he could have had in February. And the, the, uh, I've, again, I'm not I'm not delving into some COVID isn't real. That was a planned pandemic kind of conspiracy theory. What I'm saying, it was just mishandled. Like this thing has been mishandled by somebody. You don't. Sit. I think it, they were way too optimistic. I just about I, it. And, like why did we figure we should have figured this out in May or June? Like he toured in December. You give this thing three or four months. You let him rehab. You go to Germany. You get stem cell. You do all the things that you you try. But at some point, somebody in that Grizzlies organization has to say, "Stephen, you are our asset. This knee is not getting better. Let's get it. Let's get it repaired." Well, I just, I don't, I don't really get it because it's obvious that they thought he was healthy enough. Now I don't know they thought he was good. Now maybe that's maybe the lack of follow up through the summer may be a problem. Maybe there was a lot of Stephen Adams telling him like, "Yeah, I'm ready to play. I'm ready to play, mate." You know, they're all going to want right. to play. They're all going to feel like they're I get ready to play. Stephen Adams was was ready to play the end of last year, but there was always something nagging the support staff, the medical team, to keep him from playing. I don't know who was making that call or not, but there was always something there that they didn't feel right about, and they hoped that it would happen over the summer. And probably all the reports they got from Stephen Adams was, "Yeah, I can play," and then something either swelled up after the two preseason games he played something happened mm-hmm. uh that they weren't expecting because if they you this front office has a track record of being extremely cautious with injuries they wouldn't have even put him out in the first two preseason games if they thought there was any concern of re-injuring that knee mm-hmm. something got it, now maybe you can you can cry negligence and maybe that's fair but i feel like it were there was this was something that was not on on the table, or they would have had this surgery in March or April or February. That's all I'm you know, saying is somebody mishandled it. I'm not blaming the Grizz. I'm not blaming Stephen Adams. I'm not. Maybe I'm blaming Campbell Clinic because they're halfway out. I don't know. I'm not blaming anybody. All I'm saying is somewhere along the line, this ball got dropped. To think that he was healthy enough yeah. to go, to think that he was good enough to play an 82 game season with a torn PCL, like. You had to have known, because remember, we didn't know it was a torn PCL until Sunday. They didn't really divulge that information for the no, better part no, of a they're year. they're not going to. And but, yeah. like, it was just knee soreness. It was a knee injury. It was a knee injury. They never really said what it was. And then, all of a sudden, now we have this torn PCL. I'm not asking them to come out in December and say, oh, he tore his PCL. We're considering options. But, like, somewhere along the way, this was very mishandled by somebody that led to us now having it because 
we hamstrung ourselves. Now we're not going to make a trade for a Robert Williams or somebody like that. We're well, not going and that's to. That's why I. That's why I'm not going to put on this tenfold hat and say that they were just rolling the dice. They've if by rolling the dice like they did. We screwed that's ourselves. Exactly what they were doing. You did. You put yourself behind the eight yeah. ball because in the off you you missed free agency. You missed the draft window where lots of trades happened. You missed everything. I mean, Robert Williams was dealt in a package deal for Drew Holiday. I mean, moves were yep. made that we could have made with protected picks, been and we could have moved BC yeah. or Jitty or some of and these so guys. This front office has been way too good for way too long for me to say that this was a total bungling of it. And I know they're always extremely cautious, but I can promise you, I would I would almost guarantee that surgery was not something that they thought was needed until it was absolutely necessary, until it was absolutely apparent. And again, I don't know if that's I don't on Steven Adams' camp trying. or if that's on who that's on, but somebody messed this up because, again, with a PCL injury, we could have had this surgery back in the spring, and he absolutely could have played into right, the well, season playoffs if we'd, and if we'd have made it. But after sure. our F, you know, anyway, we'll get to that. So we spent <laughs> 10 minutes or so talking about this, so let me just dive one step deeper. You – so, I know that the ACL and MCL are the exterior ligaments, right? And the PCL is interior. Is so, the right? ACL and the PCL sit crisscross. Like, if you took your middle finger and you crossed it over your, your index finger, your middle finger in the front is your ACL, the back finger in the back is your so PCL. So, that's why they say you rarely ever damage your PCL without damaging your ACL. Exactly, because typically the, the okay. mechanism of injury, and I'll get in the weeds for a second with our followers, is if you fall onto your knee or the most common is if you hit the dashboard with your knee in a car wreck because it takes your tibia or your shin bone backwards rupturing the PCL. And he okay. injured it diving so, onto the floor, jamming his knee into the floor, pushing that shin bone backwards. But the ACL is used – you feel that stability. You you lack stability mm-hmm. if you tear your ACL. Mm-hmm. So if you've still got your ACL and your PCL is torn, do you still have that same um, – need for stability are you are you less stable what's the deal but the point i'm trying to make is steven adams is not a leaper he's not a jumper did they in my mind i think that they probably considering stability was not if it was anything other than pain management that he could play then he could have played with a torn pcl because he's not his two feet are on the ground 95% of the time. Where it comes in, like running up and down the court, is where it would be more problematic okay. because that tibia is going to be translating too far, so it's going to put more pressure on the ACL, leading to an ACL tear, patellofemoral compression. So there's a lot of things that could happen with that. A. B. Yes, it will not be as unstable as an ACL tear, but there will be some instability with jumping for sure. Is it more likely to tear your ACL if your PCL? Yeah, because the because your ACL is yes, it's a little bit smaller than it's more like your pinky finger here, and again, I I won't get in the weeds. Yes, it's more likely. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm sure all that came into play. I'm sure they were trying to, if they did know that surgery was the only way they could fix it, and they realized that in April and he was going to miss the season one way or the other, then I'm all for strengthening the muscles around it and trying to play through it. But, and maybe he just. I don't. Yeah. Anyways, we're all speculating. Again, we don't well, know. Uh, uh, be, long and short of it, best wishes to Stephen Adams. Hope you get better. Come back next year, big fella. We certainly need you. It's going to be a long first half of the season until John Morant comes back. 
if he if Stephen Adams no, I, plays another game as a that's true if he's not dealt. But it's going to be moving on from Stephen Adams. It's going to be a long first half of the season after the, watching the game last night. Grizzlies ended up losing 111 to 104 to the New Orleans Pelicans, and it was not that close. The, it got close late because so, they were kicking our butt for three points. Let's briefly talk plays. about the yeah. Grizz. Yeah, yeah. Let's briefly talk about the Grizz. They. Uh, like Rusty said, they lost by seven points last night in their home opener, the NBA season opener to the New Orleans Pelicans. It could not have been a worse matchup for the mm-hmm. Grizzlies considering they're losing. Uh, they, they're down Steven Adams. Uh, they're down Santi Aldama, which he's not a big, but he is tall. And he's played well. You know, he is somebody that plays in the for us in the preseason. Uh, he went down with a sprained ankle the day before the game in practice. Uh, and he is going to be out again tomorrow night. And – I don't know about you. I watched that game and nothing was falling, but every single shot was mm-hmm. open. I'm not upset about last night's game. Maybe I'm concerned because you know guys like Luke Kennard are not hitting any open threes. Yes, it's one game. Jaron Jackson Jr. They've got to get Jaron Jackson Jr. the ball in scoring position more often than what they did. He did not seem to be a game plan, and when he's not featured early, he tends to take the rest of the game off on the offensive end. Defensively, he was absolutely incredible. When he met Zion at the rim, blocks. oh, my God. Yeah, he uh, he stuffed Zion at the rim in a play that two years ago, Jaron was not big enough. He'd have been in the third and row. And he absolutely he's bodied Zion. And, stronger, and he bodied Zion. And uh, he was great. The shots were open all night. This is what you're going to see from the Grizzlies when you don't have Steven mm-hmm. Adams. They got so many extra possessions in the last two years because of Steven Adams getting offensive right. rebounds. And before that, Jonas Valanciunas getting offensive yeah. rebounds. This year, you're not going to get it. You're going to be seeing a lot of threes. And if they're making a lot of them, they're going to win a lot of games. If they're not making any of them, that's what you're going right. to see. The Grizzlies shot 27% last night. If they shoot 34%, they win yeah. that game. Yeah, I mean, we took 43 uh, threes. You're absolutely right. We took 43 threes. Um, we had 37 rebounds. They had 52 rebounds. That's where we got cooked last night. And it's because we missed because we couldn't hit. I mean, the, re- the, the, yeah. the one thing that bothered me about our offense, though, and where we really missed Ja last night, and, and then B, I know we're probably going to get to this here yes. in a minute, is C.J. McCollum is just a grizz killer. I'm tired of watching him cook us in Portland. Mm-hmm. Now he's cooking us in New Orleans. But where we missed Ja last night is we had exactly one transition basket last night. We did not right. flip the floor not one time after a turnover or rebound or anything, and that's where Ja makes us better. As good as Dez is, because Dez can get downhill, and he did a few times. And he does. But Ja is one of the best in the NBA at taking a steal, getting down the court, and throwing down a transition, a transition dunk layup or a shot, and we just didn't have that last night. Yeah, and what you've got to remember, too, about transition is – Transition comes off of turnovers and off missed mm-hmm. baskets. And we were taking the ball out of the net, it seemed like, every possession because C.J. McCollum wouldn't miss again. again. And Brandon Ingram had a big game, and we were just taking the ball out of the yeah. net. We were playing a lot of half-court yeah. offense, and the Grizzlies are never designed to play half-court yeah. offense. However, the offense worked. There were open mm-hmm. shots all night yeah. long. Just, just make, make them. them. And, and I tell you, though. And one more thing. This is what I, you were talking about, one place you missed jaw. This is the last thing I'll say. When I really missed Jaw last night was when they would get on mm-hmm. runs. And Jaw was is that guy, he's a run yep. stopper. He's the guy that even in the half court can get to the basket, ISO, and stop a run. Just say, get out of the way. I, they've scored 10 straight, but this possession is mine. I'm going to get it. I'm going to stop this run. We're going we're gonna to square up here, get cooler mm-hmm. heads, and attack yep. again. But when you don't have that guy and your shots aren't falling, you don't have that guy that says, I Screw got this. you, get mm-hmm. out of the way, I got this, 
that's where we really miss him. Now, Dez is going to yeah. get that. Dez, Dez blew me away last night. He, I oh said gosh. in last week's podcast that he was going to be an all-star. I'll take it a step further. Further, I think he's going to be like 50, 40, 90 this year. Jeez. I think he is absolutely incredible. He is a he is an alpha yeah. now. He's turned into a leader of this team. He's vocal. Uh, he is going to blossom mm-hmm. when when Jaws out, and he's not going to his stats are not going to take a back seat when Jaws <laughs> no. back because his game translates so well to being number two as well. Yeah. And you so, too. as long as health remains, mm-hmm. 50, 40, mm-hmm. 90. It, I mean, he shot 88% yeah. from free throw line last yeah. year. He shot over 40% every year he's been there. And so now he's attacking and he's hitting a lot of – getting a lot of layups, attacking the basket really well. There's no reason to think he can't shoot 50%. From the well, field. he was 50% from the field and the three last night. 80 And uh, see, he – it'll see free throws here. But he had a great game last night, 31 points on 22 shots. He played really well. He missed – I was thinking 50, 40, 90 all day. I wish I'd have said it last week. I was thinking about it even going into the game. And the first free throw he shot, yes. he missed it on that, that That's uh, right. defensive That's three right. seconds. Defensive three he had that technical yeah. free throw, and, I, and he, he front-ended. Yep. And I was like, well, all right, we're starting. <laughs> with two rounds, you know? So, yes, you took one of my points away. It's it a solid point. Like, we missed our true alpha last night. Des stepped up in that role, and I think he'll kind of blossom into that. But John's still our alpha dog. You know, when you need that, right. when you need that guy that can – Take a game and slow it down. Take the pace back from the other team. It's Ja Moran. It's 12. You call 12. And, that's what you do. And you can't have guys like Xavier Tillman, yeah. uh, Marcus Smart, and Derrick Rose shooting more shots than Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. That's a game plan thing. That's you awful. you got to get him involved. Again, get him early. The, my, my biggest beef was that Jaron had zero points at halftime, and he really hadn't taken but maybe four or five shots. He was 0 for 5 from three last night. He just he wasn't super aggressive, and they didn't game plan for him. Like, like I said last he's week, one of those though. He's, like Trip yeah. has the potential. I'll say it to be one of the best players in the NBA with his size Absolutely. and mobility on offense and defense. It's there. there. Like, I'm not a smart man, Drew. I'm well documented on this podcast for not being that bright. Yes, Everyone knows agree. that. But if I was coaching the Grizzlies, nine out of every, at least maybe seven out of every ten plays would go through Jaron Jackson, and the other ones would go through Dez last night. Like, you give Tripp shots and give him the opportunity to get in a rhythm. Um, But I will say, as bad as it looked, I mean, the Pelicans shot 47%, 43% from three. They they played a good game. I I wasn't. They're going to shoot 43% from three. They're going to win most games. I wasn't upset at the defensive effort. Like you said, Tripp had five blocks last night. He met Zion at the rim twice. He got dunked on one, three times. He got dunked on once, blocked him twice. I was impressed with Marcus Smart. It didn't show up in the stat sheet a lot, but there were so many times where a pass would come through and he'd just throw a hand out and deflect it to somebody else or slow it down or knock it out of bounds. He. Marcus, he's, he's a, pest. a pest. That's exactly right. Offensively, he was a, a mess. mess. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was way too yeah. amped up. Derrick Rose was, and, and Derrick Rose way. even said mm-hmm. in the post game that it, we we got ahead of yeah. ourselves. We got excited. We got emotional. But this is still one game of eighty two, and we got that's do it. And and I, and I appreciate Derrick Rose had his homecoming. He said he got a little juice over his skis mm-hmm. a little bit. And um, you could tell Xavier Tillman. I still yeah. love you. Oh yeah. my goodness! I but love don't you. take but don't uh, take sixteen shots. <laughs> No, I mean, listen, you do whatever you want. I love you. Uh, he was he, he was probably our best player, not named Desmond Bain. Yeah, night. he, he, was, he so was just good. in the way. And Marcus Smart um, was the same way. I was impressed with how Marcus got in the way. Again, like you said, it's game one. We got overjuiced, came out, and we just got beat. You know, it doesn't get any easier Friday night. We'll kind of wrap it up with that. We played the Nuggets at home, who absolutely worked the Lakers. 
Um, worked the NBA yeah, last, last year. year. <laughs> then they worked. They were chanting, who's your daddy to LeBron in the game one, like yeah, which I was here for. I love um, one other NBA <laughs> note, if Kristaps Porzingis can stay healthy and play like he did in game one, the Celtics My are going to go 82-0. and My gosh. My he goodness. looked the yeah. part they were last a, night. They were in a dogfight with the Knicks last night. But, man, they I mean, you get, 30 from, uh, you get 30 from Brown and Porzingis. Like, you're going to win most games. Like, Porzingis just looked good I, uh, last night. I watched a little bit of the Wimby game yeah. last night. He's a freaking Spurs alien. I'm Mavs. not convinced he's not an alien. I'm, yeah. Uh, somebody s- tweeted a picture of him. He was in his league fits. You know, they, mm-hmm. they now photograph all the players that are walking into the mm-hmm. locker room and show their outfits or whatever. And it had Wimby, and he was wearing all black. And somebody just said, uh, what would Wimby be doing – if what would you think Wimby did for a living if he wasn't a basketball player? And somebody said standing outside a car lot <laughs> waving. <laughs> uh, uh, but he has a little bit of that journey. Mm. I mean, early on he's just not big mm. enough. He had four, fi- he had five fouls in like sixteen minutes. Like they're going to just eat yeah. him alive on fouls. His eyes never got smaller than the basketball. He just looked like a deer in the headlights last night. I mean, you know, it, his first now, NBA. He had yeah, I mean, my goodness. I mean, it's there. Um, it's certainly there, but, you know, the yeah. C's look good last night. He doesn't look clumsy mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, talking about that Nuggets game, uh, the Grizzlies are down one more player. I don't know if you saw that or our, not. Our, our injury report look, would be a mean starting five. Yeah. Our, uh, Luke Kennard will not play tomorrow night with a concussion. You know, he got mm-hmm. hit elbowed in the face and didn't get caught and didn't get the mm-hmm. call, which led to a Marcus Smart technical yeah. last night. and he didn't come oh. back. And then he airballed a three, and then it was like, okay, he's got a concussion. Yeah. So. Speaking of technicals, <laughs> I did I, – I don't know if you saw this, but they they called – you know, this year we were getting technicals for flops, yeah. and they called two in that, that – the Celtics and the wondering. Knicks game. They called oh, one okay. on Jalen Brunson. He took a three and, like, barely oh. got bumped, and he went flying back. Through his legs. And so they yeah. got to the other end of the court, and they called it. And then Przingis' was worse. Przingis came into the lane, and I forget who it was from the Knicks, kind of put his elbow – you know how you do, just receive a player. Julius it Randall. wasn't. It was yeah. it was one of their, their, their subs. He puts his arm up, yeah. and Przingis runs it. He's just receiving the players, all it is. And when he runs into yeah. it, Przingis flops, and they instantly teed him up. And I'm like, let's go. Let's go. Wow. Instantly teed yeah. him up. So Good. I'm here for it. I love Good. these new rules, man. Get rid of that flopping mess, man. Uh, Let's play basketball. I, did you see the last NBA thing we'll talk about last uh, tonight? Uh, because I was so curious on how it was going to turn out. Did you see the Dylan Brooks line in his first game for Houston? Oh, no, I forgot to look. Uh, I'm going to tell you, if he does this all year, I'm going to wish he was oh, a Grizzly. No. Five for seven from the field, four of six from three. 14 points in 26 minutes. That's efficient. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it won't last. He was a minus 15, but they got beat by 20. It won't last. So, but, yeah, only five attempts. My yeah. goodness. I mean, seven attempts. It won't last. And you made five yeah. of them? That won't last. Oh, yeah. so, anyways, right. that's all of our uh, Grizzlies. I wish we weren't on a soapbox after one game. But, but here we are, life of a Grizzlies fan. I'm still rocking the Memphis shirt. We're uh, we're still all in, grind on. I tell you, the, la- the for real, last, last oh, thing, Tony friggin' Allen oh. is back. He did the hype video. Tony Allen and Zebo doing the intro, the player oh intros. Was, I, I, was, I was unwell. Was, <laughs> the, I was sitting in this recliner mm-hmm. right here last night. My whole family was mm-hmm. around. And they started doing lineups. And that's not anything that's ever even on no. TV. And I saw Tony Allen with a microphone, and I was like, oh, I got I turn it up. I told everybody to be quiet, and I turn it up. And all I hear is, from Michigan State, <laughs> like, he's doing the lineups. And hey, then, I'm still seated at mm-hmm. this time. 
And then they flash over Zach Randolph, and he is like, uh, who was it? Oh, he said six foot eight from Stanford. I'm like, they're both doing yeah. a lot of I was out of my yeah, chair. Same. And I was like, I'm sitting on my couch. I'm watching it. I'm, I'm, I, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw I just paused and muted to cough. Uh-huh. And I'm just kind of recovering on my couch. And all of a sudden, there's TA, and I text you, and I'm like, TA on the mic. And then Zebo pops up, and I just stood up. I just put my phone down, and I'm just uh-huh. like, all is right in the world, baby. First team all defense is and, and back. Last, Macbo is back. Oh, my gosh. And the last player introduced, T.A. grabs the microphone, and he says, six foot 11, Michigan State, your defensive player. No. And I'm like, T.A. introducing the new DPOI for the Grizzlies. I'm, I'm just waiting on that I'm first like, team all defense, baby. Oh, it's yeah. so good. And he was yeah. in the hype video. He was on the Chris Burning show. They, it's he so got in some trouble, but they have – it is so nice because he got in some mm. trouble, some trouble involving the league, right. which makes it even more kind of weird how the league will, if the league will allow him to be mm. back there. He was in a lawsuit for defrauding the league's health care, <laughs> you know. Whoops. Uh, and so for him to, like, get cleared and immediately the Grizzlies are purposefully rolling him out in whatever they can involve mm-hmm. him in. They had him in the hype video. They brought him back to Chris Vernon's show. They uh, – They've had him out in events. Like anything that they can put Tony Allen in, they are purposefully putting him out there and making him feel as love as possible. Because I know that these last two or three years have been really hard on him not being able to be involved with the Grizzlies, the team, and an organization that he loves so yeah. dearly, in a city the, that and he that loves, loves so him so dearly. In spite of some of his right. flaws and mistakes that he has made over the last couple of years, it's just so good. Tony, if you're listening, man, welcome back. We'd love to have you on the show. Um, oh, I just like it just did my heart so good to wake up yesterday morning and the first thing I see on Instagram while I'm looking at Instagram is t- <laughs> Tony <laughs> Allen popping up on the Grizz Instagram. I'm like, let's go. He's like, welcome back, baby. Where, did, where, where you grinding from today? And I'm like, man, I can do no wrong today. I can do oh, no man. wrong. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was so yeah. good to see that. But If TA's with us, who could that's be That's it, man. Us? That's the old nursery rhyme growing up. <clears> that's that's it. it, 100%. <laughs> but it's so good to have Grizzly basketball, meaningful basketball back. It's going to be a rough start to the season. So, tighten your chin straps, tighten hey, your shoes. We're but gonna we're going to be just fine. We get, yeah. we, get, yeah. we get 12 back at Christmas break, and he is going to be on fire, ready to go. There is a countdown uh-huh. on Twitter if you're not paying attention. We are now officially – down to 24 games without John Morant. And so, keeping up with that, we'll update yeah. y'all on that week to it's week. It's going to feel like 50. I know. Oh, it's going to feel like I 50. Know. But I'm optimistic that we'll still be in a place that we'll be competitive at Christmas when Ja comes back with our best basketball ahead of us. But right. it was a good college football weekend, man. There were some good games. Um, I watched some of the Alabama-Tennessee game. I watched a little bit of Ohio State. Um, I watched our two favorite teams play. I thought one of the cooler things – <laughs> kind of sort of LSU did it. Did you see their end zone with the camo end zone for Army? That yeah. was really cool, but then they went out and beat them 62 yeah, to nothing. Then they went out and beat them by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Utah owns Caleb Williams and USC. I called that last You're week. You're right about like, that. Every, it feels like Caleb Williams cannot beat Utah. They beat him three games in a row. It's They're just tough. It's Utah, man. It. it is Utah in big games. Yeah. You never it, – it, it's, it's like two games a year that they are – Everybody's counted them out, and it's always whoever the number one team in the Pac-12 yeah. is, whether it be Oregon or USC or whoever. Name your team. When they play Arizona, I mean, when they play Utah, they will beat yep. them. 
and then when they play them again in the title game, they will beat them yeah, in. They like, don't lose. You can, it's just like clockwork. Yeah. I mean, it is really impressive. Like, they were down to a third, second and third string quarterback. Cam Rising is probably not going to play this year at all. This year. Uh, actually, he may now because they beat USC, and so they're in they're in playoff talk now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe you rush him back. But my goodness, when all the chips are against Utah, you don't you don't count out the Mormons. No, you do not. Um, and they showed up. They hit them in the mouth. You know the Mormons are rolling. That's it. This. And it, especially <laughs> like you said in big games, like they showed up. They hit them in the mouth. They there was a great back and forth game. And there was a lot of good games this weekend. Um, one of them, both of our teams won. So, Drew, tell me a little bit about yep. your win. We're not going to dwell on last week because I know it's Thursday night. we got a big weekend coming up this weekend. You're going to be listening to it on Friday. You're going to be listening on Friday. Give us a brief synopsis of your Rebs before we get ready for this weekend. <clears throat> yeah, so the Rebs won another ugly game. Uh, it got ugly, but it was, like I talked about in the Arkansas game, I never felt like it was in jeopardy. There was a a Jackson Dart pick that was a pretty bad throw. Uh it was a crossing route. The guy was open. Uh, it was a crossing route headed towards the sidelines, and he threw it behind uh, Zachary Franklin, who reached behind him and tipped the ball in the air. The safety, who was bracketing, he picked it off, and that went and tied the game. Uh, that drive, he didn't score, but that drive went and tied the game 14-14 into the half. And that Auburn team is no good. I mean, I, they're no good at all. Um if Ole Miss would have went up 21-7 there, I, I wholeheartedly believe that they would have caved. Uh, that offense is putrid. They had 96 yards through the air, and they scored on their last drive to make it a seven-point game, to make it 28-21 or whatever it was to the final score. Uh, but that last drive, they passed the ball the whole time, and we were in prevent defense, and I know they had to throw the ball for like 60 yards on that drive. So – they only had less than 100 yards the whole game passing. Through. I think it was like 20-something yards at the half, and they didn't do any better than that. Hugh Freeze's two-quarterback system is exactly what I told you a two-quarterback Shocker. system is. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. And surprisingly, he kept on trying to get cute with it. Of course, this is Hugh Freeze. Remember who we're talking about. But he's got a running quarterback and a throwing quarterback. But to try to be cute and keep you off guard, he would put in the throwing quarterback to hand off the ball like it was going to catch us off guard. Like we're like Ole Miss is scared of Auburn throwing the ball by any quarterback at this point. Um, it was just really bad. The defense was good enough. I mean, uh, they've got lots of athletes there. Uh, they can hold their own in defense, but that offense is awful. Mississippi State is looking right down the barrel at another two to three game this weekend against Auburn. It is – that defense is awful. Ole Miss won another game that got in the mud a little bit. Um, not as hairy as the Auburn game. I mean, as the Arkansas game. But uh, it was not as comfortable of, as, of a win as I thought, especially how I felt about Auburn after the game, which I think Auburn is trash. So, sure, I would have liked to win that game by more than seven points, although – that last seven points was against prevent defense with like a minute to go. So just a garbage time touchdown. Right. Um, I just uh, – I didn't think Auburn was very good, and I thought Ole Miss won, and they won soundly. They they showed a lot of fortitude again. Ole Miss has not won back-to-back games against, Ar- against Auburn since like the 50s wow. in like 71 years. Ole Miss had not won back-to-back games against Auburn. They'd only won at Auburn one time since Eli was there. Wow. 
Uh, and so, like, that's what I was telling you. Like, history, history doesn't mean anything to players, but to fans, it's always kind of what makes you nervous going into games like this. History didn't matter, and it goes to show you kind of where Ole Miss is at now. Ole Miss is at a point to where that win at Auburn is not a big deal. It it does not feel like a big deal right now. We come off last last year. We've for the third, what was it, third or fourth straight year, Ole Miss is six and one or better, seven games into mm-hmm. the season. I mean, that's just. It's feeling normal, and that's what Lane has done. It's what we need to appreciate as Ole Miss fans and not get ahead of ourselves but enjoy this moment in which we're expected to win yep. this game. You know, we got Auburn this week, and then we go uh, – we have A&M at home. And we're, this as weekend. an Ole Miss fan – yeah, that's oh, what Oh, sorry, I you said Auburn. Yeah, we've got Vandy this weekend, and then you've got A&M at home. So you got back-to-back home games, and that A&M game, you expect yeah. to win. Nobody in the country expects – Expects, still expects Ole Miss to really compete against a brand. But that's where Ole Miss is at right now. You're expected to win these games. Uh, and so now Lane's task is to continue doing it and not, not nosedive like he did last year, not, you know, get to 7-1 and one and then go win-loss, win-loss. You know, really finish the drive here, really punch it in at the end of this season and see what kind of magic you can happen because – the West may not be wide open anymore. It's it's not. Alabama won again uh, against Tennessee. the uh, The West is zipped up at this point. Alabama will be in in Atlanta for the SEC championship game, representing the West once again. Yep. Uh, but it's still playoff aspirations are still there with yeah. help. You've got to win out. And you need some help. It's still in front of you technically. Technically, the math says it's still in front of you. Yes, you've got to play a road game at Georgia, but it's still mm-hmm. there. Yeah, exactly. And so, with some help, maybe some chaos, you can hope to, you know, Alabama knock off Georgia with two losses. Maybe you and Alabama both go to the playoff. There's a way to backdoor. It's been done before where two sure. teams from the same division of the same conference get into and the ne- playoff. It's been if done this before. was next year, it's a much it's a very real possibility. Like you're oh, the at, you're it, one of the at large teams next year with ten know, with ten wins. You go ten and you go ten and yeah. t- you go lose at Georgia and it, nobody yeah. cares. Your two losses being you're Alabama in. and Georgia, yeah. you're in. Yeah, absolutely. So I, again I agree. Like Lane Kiffin needs to show that he can handle success. Right? Because like so far when he gets to this point, either he gets involved in coaching rumors or just the season kind of falls apart and it goes downhill from there. And so you got to stay. You got to stay healthy is another big part of that. But can he finish the season strong? We'll see. Yeah, and it's it's true. And you'd be foolish to say that it's a guaranteed lock that Ole Miss is ten and two right. right now because history shows you that that things get squirrely, especially when you're riding on games like the yeah. Egg Bowl with State having nothing to That's lose. It. Uh, so if you're looking at the only game they're not going to be favored it's in, Georgia. will be the Georgia game on the road. Uh, and so Vegas would probably put the number at 10 or 2 over under. Like at this point, or call it 9.5, do you see Ole Miss doing? Would you take the over under at 9.5? I would take the under based on Give, history. But given I, I still think you win nine games. games you, yeah, we'll chalk that up. Chalk that Georgia loss. Georgia game up as a loss on the road. We'll both mm-hmm. do that. That'll put you at there's your two mm-hmm. losses. So your remaining games are Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, and some no name mm-hmm. and Mississippi State on the road. 
and Texas A&M and Vanderbilt at home, Mississippi State on the I road. I think because the Egg Bowl's on the road, screwy things happen in that series. You could lose that game. And we and you never know what A&M team's going to show up. That A&M defense is elite. If their offense puts I've it together. I've told this podcast before. Who knows? I will never, I will never bank. No, that's what I'm saying. So like, ten and two, just like Missouri, ten and two is a real possibility here. Nine, I think nine wins is probably your floor. I think this is a nine win season for for Ole Miss. Oh, I agree with mm-hmm. that. Nine wins is mm-hmm. your floor. But it, when you go seven and one, and the back half of your schedule looks as easy, mm-hmm. ten and you, you know, better go ten and two. You know, Lane Kiffin has went ten and two in the regular season mm-hmm. before. So yeah, so, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I I love the fact that we're playing. You know, we had a bye, and then we played Auburn on the road. Then we have a quote-unquote mm-hmm. bye with a home game against Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm trying to take my kids to that nice. game. Uh, it'll be fun. It's a night game, and tickets are pretty cheap because uh, they're playing Vanderbilt, but you still get, this, still get the same, you know, light show experience, night game experience, and they haven't been to one yet. So looking at taking the oldest two to a game this That's Saturday. Cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. So, yeah. any any other thoughts? I mean, y'all gonna be Van, Van? They're not even one of our picks this week. Y'all gonna be Vandy by seven touchdowns. No, so. I think it was like a twenty-one. Yeah, 24 not even point one of the line, picks this I week. Think. We both because we'll yeah. both pick Ole Miss. So, yeah, um, it wouldn't surprise me if Vandy covers. Ole Miss is not a team that's beaten the spread hardly at all this year, uh, outside of the first three games, maybe. See, it's to see uh, what the current line. But, the current line is twenty-four and a half. Twenty-four and a half. Uh, they could beat them fifty-five to yeah, seven. Yeah, I mean it could you know, be if, but yeah. it also could be thirty-five fourteen. Call the dogs or off. Thirty-five mm-hmm. ten. Thirty-five ten barely cover <laughs> covers by a half a point. A half a point, you yeah. know. So I can see yeah. that as well. So yeah, what about uh, Mississippi State played in an absolute rock fight, a pebble fight against Arkansas? Sure. Uh, you go ahead. <laughs> I told you what I yeah. thought about this game. Yeah. Back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Mississippi State did win a baseball game. We decided to, you know, if you'd have told me that State beat Arkansas seven to three, I'm like, dude, we scored seven runs. Let's go. Oh yeah, that's great. Arkansas's always got a good guy that pitches on Saturdays. But it was football, <laughs> right? Everybody's akin, you know. This is akin to three to two. I can confirm. I was at three to two. That was way worse. Like we beat, we lost to Auburn three to oh, two, and it was that was the most obnoxious night of my life i wasted three hours that that game was awful but i'll say this it wasn't pretty but mississippi state's defense for as much crap as i've given them all year they played really well so listen to this arkansas has scored uh 56 28 31 31 22 20 21 this year they're not a good football team but we held them to three points we held them to anytime you hold the an a a uh, SEC team to three points at their own place. That's a win. That's a win. They We held them to exactly 200 yards of offense, gave up 97 yards uh, passing and 103 yards rushing. That I don't care what Zach Garnett says. He gave us all the coach speak on Saturday and Sunday. He took that defense over. That was a Zach Garnett defense because we ran that zero blitz that he ran last year right down their throat like Matt Brock has not had the gumption the and it's easy to run that against KJ Jefferson too because it it serves two purposes KJ Jefferson is is really good with a deep ball but he's not good on intermediate stuff 
And the zero blitz also helps you contain right. but his running ability. Matt Brock does not have the stones to run a zero blitz against the SEC team. He hasn't done it all year. That was a Zach Arnett defense. Give Matt Brock credit if you want, Coach Arnett, but we, we see you. That was your defense. Thank you for taking it back over. The academic weapon, Mike Wright, was not great. Mm. You know, second play of the game, first no. pass, throws a pick, but then the defense bows up and holds them to their only points of the game, three to nothing. Um, Justin Robinson is, is mossing people every week, had a great catch. I'll tell you this, man. If Woody Marks plays against South Carolina, this is a whole different conversation. We're sitting at five and two. Like, Woody Marks is the MVP of this team this year. He has stepped up. He had a bum ankle coming into the game, hurt the other ankle, and then had a little bit of a hamstring strain going late. Like, for whatever reason, we just cannot keep him healthy. Woody Marks is your 2023 MVP and, and just – For the – it's kind of the same reason why Arkansas being down Rocket Sanders makes them a right. totally hundred percent. Again, if yeah. if Woody Marks plays that entire game against South Carolina, I don't want to take away your only SEC win away. No, from I get it. But I, anyway, if we we would be five and two if Woody Marks. I, I believe it. If Woody Marks played against South Carolina, this is a whole different conversation. But yeah, because that South Carolina team, they're not, not good. They're gonna get mauled either, this weekend. You know? But at the end of the day, it's it's an SEC win. And it serves two purposes. Yeah. It's an SEC win. Uh, we'll always root for laundry. I never will root for us to lose to get a coach right. fired. And if anything um, – You didn't say that last week or the week I, before. I, no, no. I'll say this. <laughs> and it's best case scenario. We won and Zach Arnett's seat is not any cooler. <laughs> well, that's what I was – that's what I told yeah. you. I had a buddy of mine. In a, oh, it's a group message. I mean, a bunch of Ole Miss guys. And during the Ole Miss-Auburn game, just during halftime, we were just kind of chatting. And he said, you know, I didn't watch any of that Mississippi State-Arkansas game. Anybody who watched that had to have just been miserable. And I just responded to him, and I said, no. What are you talking about? Up. I, I hate both yeah. of those teams. They both looked like garbage. Sure, I wish all Arkansas would have won. But, I mean, it was 7-3. to three. Both teams looked terrible. And I think they're wor- <laughs> both teams are worse now that – I've watched them play that each other. Our offense was bad. Our defense played really well. Worst thing that could have happened is like state win thirty five to right. seven. And it's like, wow, Arkansas isn't that yeah. bad. But by huh? us winning the seven to three, we get an SEC win. Yeah. Zach Arnett's seat is not any cooler. Yeah, yeah that, that is best true. case scenario. You've kind of threaded that yeah. needle. And so you know? Bookie Watson had thirteen tackles, phenomenal game. He was really Sean good. Preston Jr. is very underappreciated. Our secondary had that big pick late, just made plays all day. It felt like every time we needed a big stop. Seven would pop up out of the out of the crowd with fourteen, and just an all around stellar effort by our defense. And I have been incredibly harsh on our defense in this podcast, so for a good reason. Exactly. So shout out credit where credits due. If it was Matt Brock, awesome. I feel like it was Zach Garnett. May have just been the dudes deciding, hey, we're gonna go play ball. Now we have to carry that momentum over into this weekend because you and I both know. Well, you're gonna have to figure out what you're doing at quarterback. Will Rogers not, is not going to play. I can tell done. you he's not going to play. He's, he's done. I can tell you from – I have sources. Mm-hmm. I done. can tell you that he, he's, he's not going to so play. So, the academic weapon, Mike Wright, is going to be our quarterback going forward. Good Lord. Can you imagine rooting for a team whose quarterback's nickname is the <laughs> academic weapon? Like, I couldn't care if Jackson Dart had a zero <laughs> GPA. <laughs> If he had a seven GPA, I still wouldn't yeah. care. He calls himself as long as he played good. It's football. his nickname, the academic weapons. What he calls himself. So it's like we're going like with your it. mama setting you up with a girl, and she's like, "Well, is she? Is he? Or you? You say, mom is? You know, is she athletic? 
And your mom says, well, she's smart. <laughs> like, I can't, yeah, or like the Michael Scott episode or the office episode where Michael Scott asked Phyllis, yeah. can she fit in a normal size rowboat? And she's like, no, she cannot fit in a rowboat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what's so hard for you to understand. Would she fit in a size normal rowboat. size rowboat? <laughs> Would she capsize a rowboat? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a win. Yeah. It's an SEC win. It was ugly. Yeah. Mike Wright would capsize a rowboat. <laughs> a win is a win in conference, baby. Let's yeah. go. State yeah. is now not going winless. Arkansas, Arkansas team will go 8-0 in the SEC. Or 0-8 oh, in the SEC, 100%. Uh, oh, no 100%. Doubt, no doubt. They will. They will. Uh, especially, this, hold on real quick. Sam's Pittman, uh-huh. Sam Pittman's comments after the game like, are a fireball offense. That. He basically just – like they took said. that delay a game, so they missed the opportunity for a field goal and had to punt. And his his excuse was like, we just we just didn't know what was going on. We were just kind of lost in the moment and missed the opportunity to take a field goal. And before we knew it, the time was down, and it was just – we just had to punt. And it was like, wow. bro, you are checked out. You said that? Yeah. I, that's, yeah. That's a paraphrasing. He could have said, like, a field goal doesn't do anything for There's us. There's a million things you could have you know? said. But instead, it was very nonchalant. I wasn't basically the because I can make the argument like, okay, you're down by four. Mississippi State has scored seven points mm-hmm. this game. It's not like right. their offense is doing anything. Yeah. We trust our defense to get a stop. We're pinning them back as far as we can. There's a, a million things you can and say. And it on our defense. That is a perfectly reasonable explanation. But instead, you just can't say I wasn't. Basically, the the gist of the message was I was not paying attention, and how he yeah. has not been fired already is beyond me. But it's they coming. they play at Florida. They'll probably lose that game because Florida yeah. plays well at home. They will. They, they will play win. Auburn at home. They might win that one. Auburn's so the bad. The bottom of the West oh. is really bad. They play FIU at home. They'll win that game. And then Man. they finish the season going to get drubbed by Missouri. I'll give you $100 if you can tell me who the head coach at FIU is. Your money's safe. Tom Hurley. Oh, that's right. I forgot he went there. Yeah. 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 Uh, Arkansas so, uh, is yeah, is bad. That Arca- that uh, that Mississippi State Auburn game is going to be a lot like that Spider Man meme, where they <laughs> both can't other. complete a forward pass. So here's the thing. Know? Here's here's where I'm at. Um, it's on the road. It's going to be tough. Hugh Freeze has this game circled. We are a six and a half point road dog. Um, ESPN gives us a 37 percent chance to win. If our defense Auburn cannot move the football, if our defense plays even 80 90 percent as good as we played against Arkansas. Three to two game. Arkansas maybe. or Auburn won't even cross the fifty. <laughs> Auburn's offense is anemic. You can put whatever quarterback it's in bad. there that you want. Neither one of them is it's good. Now their defense is good. Their defense is not awful, but they cannot move the football. Like I would put Myrtle Beach High right. School out there and guarantee they could get a, at least force a couple punts. Um, I just don't trust Auburn's offense. They're bad, man. They they don't run the football well. They cannot. Like the, the biggest problem with Auburn's offense is they invented the forward pass back in like 1938 because Auburn's offense is awful. I mean, this is a little pot calling the kettle black, don't you think? So our offense had been good outside of one week. We had one bad week. Last, Last week. week. Most recent evidence. <laughs> yeah. So The most recent week. You know, it was a road game at Fayetteville. Can't, and it was also the first game that you didn't have. Will Rogers. Um. Give Will us, Rogers. give you know, maybe maybe Mike Wright has two weeks in the system. We come out this week a little more gimmicky, move the ball a little bit better. Maybe I just I feel more confident about this game than I did a week ago. I feel like Auburn's better than Arkansas. Maybe defensively, but their offense is bad. But that's all that matters. Bad. 
That's all if that our, matters. Not if our, de- if our defense plays like it a did. A good defense will will kill, will hold you guys to negative. I mean, say, if our if our defense plays like it did against Arkansas. Arkansas's defense is trash. Well, that's, again, it's Mike Wright's first game. And Woody Marks was hurt. Mike Wright's okay. first game. I'm telling you but it's right not here. his first game as a starting quarterback in the SEC. I will do this podcast shirtless if we score less points against Auburn than we did against Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, that's seven. Okay. Let's not get too risky. I'm just here. telling you, man. Like, you know. I feel better about this game. I feel like we figured some stuff out on defense. The offense was clicking. You get Mike Wright in there, give him another week at reps with the first team. I think we'll be better against Again, Auburn. Mike Wright's biggest problem is that 70 years ago, they invented a forward pass. You're saying the same thing about Auburn as well. Uh, like, there is no. He transferred from Vanderbilt. For a reason. Okay? I get it. He didn't go to Alabama. I you mean, know. I get it. I just feel better. Yeah. We just – I felt like at, even late in the game, I felt like it was getting better. It wasn't good, but it, it was getting maybe better. Maybe so. Maybe the jury's still out on Mike Wright. It is. He ain't going to go but out – But all listen, I got to go is – He ain't going to go out there and throw what? for 250 yards next week. If he goes and throws for 80 yards and gets a touchdown, like and then he rushes for another 60 or 80, we win that game. <laughs> listen, listen at the bar you just set. No. If he throws for 80 yards <laughs> – Listen, man. On the road we're against an SEC team, fruit here. we're going to win. Right? This is low-hanging fruit <laughs> here, gosh. all right? Um, oh biggest gosh. thing is we need to get Woody Marks healthy. Woody Marks is healthy next week. We don't even care about yes. Mike, right? Just feed seven, and we'll just – you score a touchdown. If The first team to either A, 250 yards of total offense, or B, 10 points, wins that game next weekend. I mean, maybe <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway – What's the line? Uh, on six that? and a half. Auburn six and a half. Well, hang on, let me see. I wonder what the over under is. Let me pull up DraftKings real quick. But the Auburn is Did a you six see and that a half. The point. lowest over under in history was last Minnesota week. Minnesota and Iowa. Yeah, and it, and it was under, under. <laughs> thirty one, and it went under. Iowa scored ten <laughs> points. He ain't keeping his job, man. His he's supposed to average what thirty five points a game, and he won. Oh. They won again. They're going to be in the Big Ten title game, and he's going to get fired. And he's going <laughs> to, and it, and they're going to go. I saw uh, – I forget what bowl it was. It was the Access oh. Bowl. Uh, they had a, a bowl predictions. I'm getting to where I'm watching mm-hmm. those now. And, and ESPN does where they'll have two different guys pick the bowls and they'll put them next to each other and why. And both, play, both panelists or columnists or whatever you want to call them had Ole Miss playing Iowa in like the Orange Bowl, the Cheez-It Orange Bowl, in like an Access Jeez. Bowl, big New Year's Six game. And it was Ole Miss and Iowa, and I'm like, that's awful. I mean, that's a yeah. win, but you yeah. know, like, I tell goodness. you, I've been around but, Iowa fans, and we played them in uh, was it the Music City? Yeah, it was in Nashville. Uh, um, they're the most obnoxious people on this planet, man. I, I they're they awful. played Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl a couple mm-hmm. years. Ago. I, I was I, I went and watched Iowa State play in the Liberty Bowl. They were good, but Iowa. Oh, that's what it was. Iowa's Iowa. trash. Their fans are trash. But you talk about the over under was what thirty four. It was 31 and a half in the Iowa game. You want to take a guess as to what the state – it's not the lowest one on this screen. The lowest one on the screen is Michigan State, Minnesota. But according to DraftKings, what is the the, this, the line in the Auburn – what would you put it at? I'm, I'm, I'm no good with totals. 36 and uh, well, a half. Well, it would be over. It was four, it's 41. I feel like that is very, very generous. <laughs> very generous. You got to think that's 21-20. It goes under. There, neither neither one of these teams that's, is encroaching 21 That, in, that implies five touchdowns. <laughs> this game is going to be 13-6. to six or, There's going to have to be like four pick sixes if there's five there's touchdowns. Th- one of these teams is going to make five field goals. 
uh, not Mississippi State. I saw their kicker shank a 20 well, He's yarder. been better all year except for that one. But one of these Again, teams is going to go uh, five for seven from field goals. Why would we pay attention to the most recent game when we can talk about all the other games we've lost? <sighs> we are – Why pay attention to the one win you've got in the SEC I'm calling right now. when all the losses look much Mississippi worse? Mississippi State wins 15-7 to seven with five field goals. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be well, That would be awful. Yeah, I'm going to watch this game, and I'm going to watch it. That would thread your needle. Um, listen, up. again, I want us to keep winning, but not convincingly. You'd go bowling at That's that it. point. At that point, then all you got to do is beat Southern, the Mustard Buzzards, and then you're going bowling. Now, yeah. we're going to the Liberty Bowl, but we going bowling, baby. You going to the BBVA conference <laughs> we <played bowling>. it. <laughs> We're going to Hawaii They bowling. still got that one in Birmingham. Uh, it's something they different. Still got the Birmingham yeah, it's bowling. something different now. Hey, we may end up, I we might end up in the Soldier Myrtle Beach Field. Bowl. <laughs> not Soldier. What's the field in Birmingham? Field. Not sold. Legion Field. I went and sat in Legion Field, watched Ole Miss play Pittsburgh. Mm. Hugh Freeze's first year when we miraculously went 6-6. Six yeah. six. Everybody was pumped up. We went to that Legion Field in Birmingham, and you talk about it. Oh, dunk. yeah, that place has been a dunk. I mean, they didn't even have concessions. The only thing worse was uh, my senior year, we played – my uh, senior year, 09, we played UCF at the Liberty Bowl, and it was frigid. It was like – 20-something degrees yeah. at kickoff. I've never been to the Liberty It's Bowl. a dump. And it was funny. They had these little plastic hand clappers that they would like, oh, and yeah. then anytime they do that, our fans would get them cowbells out and just, and by midway through the first quarter, they did not bring out their little plastic hand, little hand clappers again. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Mississippi State, if we went. Artificial noisemakers there again. We, we win those games. We're going to play <laughs> Miami of Ohio in, like, the freaking Myrtle Beach Bowl. <laughs> you better hope they play the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah. That's the only benefit. That's it. And and because he extended the bowl streak that you care about 14. so greatly, yeah, uh, because he's played in fourteen straight Mayo Bowl. It sounds like you'll get to keep your bowl coach. game streaks are indicative of six win seasons. Plus six, six plus win it. seasons. What's Ole Miss? But, like Ole Miss has more recently won four games. The last time Mississippi State won four games was thirteen years ago. Uh, when was, it was 15 years ago. It was 2008 was the last time we won less than four games, four or less games. Matt Luke never won four, so it'd have to be like Ed Ogeron <laughs> for Ole Miss. No, it was Houston Nutt. They went like three and nine one year. I'm looking it up right it's now. Like ten. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just again, I'm not saying we're games. going like again, like if we're going to Liverpool, whatever. It's just indicative of a winning season. You're at least 500 or above if you go to 13 straight bowl games. Yes. Except one of those bowl games, you were five and seven. That's COVID, man. That didn't even count. That wasn't what a COVID. weird. Yeah, it was twenty twenty. What a weird you year. We played ten games that what year. What a weird year. All right, here we go. So Ole Miss was the last time Ole Miss Ole Miss was five and five. five and seven. Was five and five. Huh. That was the in twenty twenty. And in two thousand nineteen, yeah. one Matt Luke won four games. Went four and eight. Okay. Was that four, four and eight in two thousand nineteen? Five and seven and eighteen. Five and seven and that sixteen. All right. Year. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna confirm it, but I believe the last time State won four games was two thousand eight. Let's see. Which would have been like, that was Cruz last, last year. year. That was right before Mullen came on campus, which was a weird time. Yeah, yeah. Dan Mullen's such a weird dude. He is. Um, let's see. He's a robot. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so the last time Mississippi State won four games. Was again why why you hold on to I'm this? just saying like as if six wins is something you should just be thankful six for it's a it's a winning of. season that's all I'm saying the last time Mississippi State won four games was oh. 2009 2008 we won five games in 2009 so 
Like it's been 15 <laughs> years since we were under 500. Let the record show. I want to be so transparent right now that I, Drew Gann, Uncle Buck, co-host of this podcast, a lifelong Ole Miss fan, has never, except for one time, been happy with a six and six team. And the reason I was happy with You're a six and six team that Hugh Hugh Freeze's Hugh Freeze's six and six team is because the year before they were four. You hear what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that it means it's a minimum of six wins. It's six plus wins, which is a 500 college football season. And in the SEC West, for teams not named Alabama and LSU, if you're above 500, that's a successful season. You you went at minimum two and six in the SEC to get six wins. 13 straight years, fixing to be 14. Be, be proud we're going to win this weekend. Speaking of winning this weekend, before we get there, Night BB, uh, our college football playoff picks for the week. Our top four, Drew, we had a wild, some turnover this weekend, some wild games this weekend. Do you have your top four? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, you have your I do have mine written down. You go first. All right, number one, until you get beat, you do not leave my top spot. So Florida State maintained the number one position in my college football playoffs after this week. Uh, number two is Michigan. They are just absolutely beating the brakes off of people because they're stealing signs, apparently, like every other college football program. But yeah. anyway. Mm. Um, now, listen, I saw, a, a, you know, screenshots can only be so far. so far. saw a screenshot of a Michigan staffer with a play sheet that looked like hand signals like it was a a man from the waist up with arms in different directions that looked exactly like hand signals. I mean you're not wrong Um, and there's a reason they've given up exactly 10 points to Minnesota so they've given up 10 16, 23, 30 40, 47 points so far this year and they are 8-0 they beat Michigan State 49-0 they have a three game season coming up they play Penn State, Maryland and Ohio State to finish the year that's where their season matters anyway Michigan State, if if it couldn't have gotten any worse yeah. for them, they went and lost by forty nine at home to their in state mm-hmm. rival and put a picture of Adolf Hitler on oh the for screen. two, oh for two, dude. Like, what are you doing? Swing, you're talking about a swing, big and a miss. swing and a miss. <laughs> That's a that you swung so hard and hit yourself in the back of the head with a bat and went home. Big swing and a miss in a <laughs> ambulance. Like, oh, it's a it was a big yeah. swing. Number three, um, until they get beat, Georgia. Um, Brock Bowers being out is going to be that's that's a big deal. Um, <clears throat> they've got Florida this weekend. Still got some tough games ahead of them, but right now uh, they didn't play this past weekend. I still got Georgia number three, and the number four is Washington. Washington, man, Penix Jr. is so good. Be careful what you see out in the, in the stands at some of those games out west. Uh, big Penix fans out there, but Michael Penix is good. I got Washington. My top four are Florida State, Michigan, Georgia, and Washington. Yeah, I think you kind of copied mine. I'll. I was going to flip Michigan and Georgia. Give me Michigan number one, uh, just because they're just killing them, killing everybody. Uh, Florida State, Washington, and Oklahoma are mine. It's the same as last week. It's the same, going to be the same this week. But you're putting Michigan uh, number one Georgia, instead of Florida State? Yeah, yeah, just because sure. of the sure. sheer volume. You know, it's your list. Uh, I saw where John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh said Jim. that you will start – or Jim Harbaugh said – Michigan State quarterbacks will now be referred to in relation to uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, I just went blank. What's uh, what's their quarterback's name? JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy. It's like you will no longer talk about Michigan quarterbacks in relation to 
Chad Henney or whatever, mm-hmm. Tom Brady or whatever, it'll now only be compared to J.J. McCarthy. <sighs> like That's the kind of talent he's got. I yeah. get it, whatever. But they're beating everybody 52 yeah. to nothing. Just uh, mercilessly. Um, Oklahoma, you know, they were on by this week. They I were. Think, but they had, you know, coming off a big win against Texas. Where? No, I'm sorry. They oh, almost right. got upset. By UCF, by UCF. And Dylan, uh, Dylan Daniels' former yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, and so Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, that's it. And then John Rice. Welcome Plumlee to the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. For UCF. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's my top four. We're getting to the, kind of the nuts and bolts of mm-hmm. the year. We're getting to the meat and potatoes here. Uh, you've only got uh, five weeks left. Six teams yeah. that are undefeated mm-hmm. uh, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, and Oklahoma. Uh, the best of the, the one loss teams are still, you know, you've got. Oklahoma, Texas, Oregon, Oregon Alabama, mm-hmm. Penn State, Oregon State, Ole Miss, Utah, and Missouri. North Carolina had a big mm-hmm. loss. They absolutely crapped the bed. Was, I, wow. Yeah. But just um, remember that, and I, 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 I every time I think about this, I get fired up. Oklahoma fears God, Texas fears Oklahoma. Man, what a great line. Yeah. Great, great. line. It's great. That's why I'm putting them number yeah, four. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that's our picks. That we'll get those posted. We'll get our picks posted again to Instagram. Um, but we got our picks for next week. So, yeah, uh, we'll run through these real quick. Finish up with some fantasy football, and Drew, we might get this thing done in under an hour and a half. All right, I'm impressed for us to have just a, a bare bones show tonight. We're kind of kind of crushing yeah. it. All right, first up in a game that nobody really cares about, we've got two five and two teams. Uh, Tennessee is a three and a half point road favorite over Kentucky. Ooh, this is tricky. Uh, three and a half. Mm-hmm. Give me Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee, they impressed me in the first half, and they did exactly what everybody's done against Alabama all year, is they've given themselves a lot of hope in the first half, then Alabama chokes them out. They go, the and they went conservative. They uh, went vanilla, and, and, and you don't beat Nick yeah, Saban you that try way. To, you try to outlast you Nick can't Saban. You can't do it. And you just, you've got to knock can't do it out. You've got to keep throwing punches. It don't matter if all your punches turn into pick sixes. You've got mm-hmm. to throw them. Uh, and they didn't do it. And uh, but I was, you know, they ended up, they went into halftime up what twenty to mm-hmm. 10, 20 to twenty to seven. Uh, no, twenty, 20 to seven, seven at halftime. And then got outscored twenty seven nothing in the second half. It looked a lot like mm-hmm. Ole Miss. Ole Miss was up uh, seven ten to thir- ten to three. Yeah, and got beat twenty four ten. You know, so it, it's what it looked like. But they, in that first half, I was like, oh, okay. Especially that throw that Joe Milton threw to Squirrel Miller in the corner of the end zone, just a friggin' dart, man. Just put it where where Squirrel could go get it. What a play. Yeah. So, give me Tennessee on the road. I'm not really impressed with Kentucky as much as I thought I would be so far. Same. I think Kentucky's going to finish with maybe like seven wins. They're going to get rid of Mark Stoops. Well, Mark Stoops is going to get smart and go somewhere where they'll appreciate him. Because if you win seven, eight games at Kentucky every year, then, like, that's that's – that's good. That's yeah. Why would you? Because leave they're wanting to run him out because he's only winning seven or eight games a year. I've been looking online; no. they're starting to get some heat. You just you just watch. Give no. me give me Tennessee on the road. I don't trust Kentucky. Um, Georgia after a bye week plays at Florida, but it's in Jacksonville, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. This is not Georgia, Florida of the early 2000s and late 90s. Florida, like Graham Mertz, is actually turning into a decent quarterback statistics wise. I don't trust him. Georgia is a 14-and-a-half-point road favorite at a neutral site. I'm taking the dogs. Give me Georgia. They'll cover. 
what 14 is it? And a half. 14 and a half. You know, they uh their score last game, they played Vanderbilt uh at Vanderbilt this past weekend and it was 37 to mm-hmm. 20. Uh, they've been notoriously playing with their food, with the exception of. I think Kentucky they flex this again this weekend on Florida. I think they want to. I, I think, think they'll right. they'll do a full team celebration in the end zone again side. too. Oh <laughs> man, uh, was this the game that the Florida player threw? At that was you? LSU. No, that was LSU. This was, was a LSU. game. It was in okay. Swamp Kings in '07 when Georgia scored and the entire team went yeah, and got the celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Give me Florida. Jordy, right. yeah. uh, Drew going with the underdogs there. Uh, no Brock Bowers. Yeah. No Brock Bowers. Um, uh, it's a big line. It's I know it's neutral site, but uh, it's not far from Gainesville. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where's that game at? Jacksonville or Jacksonville? Jack Stadium. All right, this next one I think I'm going to watch this one. It's going to be a great football game. I'm excited about it. The Oregon Ducks are a six and a half point road favorite at. Provo, they play at Utah. Utah, the giant killers. It feels like every year Utah knocks off USC. They knock off Oregon. I don't know if they got the dogs to beat Oregon. Dan Lanning's got that team focused after they lost in a game to Washington. But I think it's 34-31, 35-34. I think Oregon might win, but I'm taking Utah to cover at home. Yeah, I'm not going – I'm going to make the same mistake twice. Give Ooh, me Oregon. Go with Oregon again. I think that I think that that Washington game. Uh, most people are looking at it as too much of a negative. Uh, I don't think so. Oregon, the same way that I watched Mississippi State and Arkansas and thought both teams are trash, the exact opposite is what I saw when Washington and Oregon played each other, and I thought both teams were yeah. great. Uh, I think Bo Nix in his ninth year of eligibility here is really starting to figure out <laughs> the quarterback position. His 56 college um, start. Yeah. I don't think he's great by any means, but he's really well at running that mm-hmm. system. He's really good at running that system. Give me Oregon as a road dog, six and a half. No, yeah, road favorite, six and a half. A road favorite. Uh, next up in a, in a pillow fight at Kyle Field, South Carolina plays at A&M, where A&M is a 16-point home favorite. 16? That's a big line, man, for an offense that can't score. Well, let's just look here. Let's just – Let's do it with the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. Do a little bit of research. On air. I think Jimbo uh, Fisher is air. coaching for his life while you're looking that up. Coaching for his life. Shane Beamer, maybe not as much, but to a degree, because there was a lot of hype around that Gamecock football program coming into this week, this year, and they have, all they've done is consistently laid eggs outside of beating Mississippi State, which just pisses me off when I think about it. Well, what I was looking up is I wanted to see how many points South Carolina's put up this year. Because I don't believe that A&M has an offense that can win by 16-plus points and also give up, say, 21. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not going to win 47-21 to 21 and, and push that line. So, if I look back through here, uh, week one, they scored 17, then 47 against Furman, 14, 37 against State, 20 against Tennessee, <laughs> 39 against Florida, and 12 last week against Missouri in just a bloodbath on the road. Um, ooh, that didn't make me feel no. any better about it. I hate this I line. This is this is a hard I hate one. This line. Um, 
What did you take? I'm taking South Carolina not to win, but I just don't think A&M is a 16-point favorite, a uh, better team. They're just, ugh. Uh, well, then give me A&M then. We'll just, I'll just play against you right. and know that that the the betting odds. The, it's just because you're fading the me. The Vegas gods are going to humble you back again <laughs> yeah, yeah. this week. And just know that you're fading Rusty, which is always the right move. Right. Um, two more. <clears throat> Duke is a four and a half point road dog against Louisville. Louisville being a four and a half point home favorite over the Duke Blue Devils in a top fifteen ACC matchup. Uh, and again, if you told me like a top fifteen ACC matchup and told me to pick the top the two teams, Duke and Louisville would have been way down the list before I got to it. <laughs> yeah. So where is uh, where's the standing on Riley Leonard? Do I don't know? think he's supposed to play, from what I've heard. Yeah, well, I mean, and without and Riley Leonard played a little bit against Florida State, but when he went out, it kind of it kind of got mm-hmm. haywire. Um, yeah, he went seven for 16, 69 yards on a pick. But they pulled uh, him fairly early because he started favoring that leg again. Yeah, um, it's at Louisville. Uh, give me the home favorites. I don't want to. I I hope that. Unfortunately for Duke fans, I think Mike Elko is going to really try to capitalize on on this successful Come season. To and he can't honestly say that, you know, if I had Riley Leonard, I would be seven and zero or six and one, you know, instead of five and two. Uh but yeah, give me a little yeah. bit here. I'm taking Duke. I just think they're a little bit better defensively. They they play pretty good football. Um just taking Duke. Uh they they screwed me earlier this year. Blue Devils is your chance to redeem yourself this weekend. And lastly, Mississippi State at Auburn, Auburn is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. There's no way Auburn's a seven, a touchdown better team. Give me the dogs. I'm taking Mississippi State to get a win on the road, taking them outright. So does that mean you, if they cover and lose, you don't get credit? No. <laughs> I will take all the credit and none okay. of the blame. <laughs> okay. So so you're just going to take the points here. No. Um, I'm, I'm going all in. If they cover and lose, going all in. I don't win, but I'm taking State. All right. I'm going to put – MSU I got it squared. I got line. it squared. That's my yeah. that's my indication there. I took the money line. All right. Uh, shoot. You're right. I mean, like, I can't see either of these teams scoring seven points. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be five to two. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy, that would just be great. Again, just, as long as State wins, it's great because we're winning, but Arnett is not impressing, impressing Selman or the fans. Yeah, I think that. Auburn, if I could take the Auburn money line, that would be a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be like minus money, like minus yeah. a lot of money, I would yeah. think. Uh, <sighs> give me state yeah. uh, and the and the points, just because I don't think either of these teams are going to score any points. Yeah, they're just bad football teams. So, all right. Well, uh, I am four games up on you right now uh two games up on me now after going seven and oh you're 22 and 19 oh, i'm 20 and 21 up. i made a roaring comeback so if uh let's see if you go six and oh this week that includes a money line mississippi mm-hmm. state uh then you will be one two three four you'll be two games up mm-hmm. on me so don't call it a comeback. That's not Don't call happen. it a comeback. That's not going to We gambling, boys. Let's go. Yeah. All right, Drew, tell yeah. us about the League of Avengers. We wrap this thing up. 
Yeah, we had a, a better scoring week this week. You know, last week I didn't want to give any awards out because nobody deserved them. It was just a really bad week of fantasy football and scoring-wise. And so uh, we picked back up this week. We had our buddy Zach Jones put up 157. Aaron Ivey put up 161. Those were top two scoring leaders this week. Uh, and then Rusty pulled out a big one. Uh, yeah, uh, you were casting some shade last week, and we found a – the Mad Titans found a way to well, win. You still don't – they still uh, – my point stands, though, because Hunter, who has put up like 160 every week, scored 100. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason so I won that is Hunter played bad. You've got some yeah. juju. Yeah, that's my whole point is that you are 6-1 and one and nobody has scored any points. It doesn't matter. Except for your it, one loss. A win is a win, dog. There's no style points. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Who had the biggest margin of victory? Rusty, get your calculator out. You ready? Got it. What is 161.6 minus 98.2? is 63.4 points. 63.4. What is – okay, doesn't matter. So, your buddy Stevens award winner this week with a 63-point win is our buddy Aaron Ivey, friend of the podcast. He's won two in a row to put him – in the green here. He's 4-2 and two this year with a win over uh, Dr. Patrick Jones. Uh, a massive win. Let's see. He had huge games from Jameer Gibbs and Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, uh, and uh, got 162 points for the team there. Um, most points in a loss. Let's see. The Al Gore Award. That's an easy one this year. Team Farrell this week, rather. Team Farrell against a cousin matchup. Him and Patrick uh, and Zach Jones played each other, and with 136 points, he lost. Uh, lost by 21 actually, because Zach had a monster week. Uh, in a loss, Andrew had Lamar Jackson go for 34 points, and Deontay Foreman out of nowhere go for 33 points, and Mike Evans with 20 points, and all that in a losing effort. Um, and I won again. I hadn't said that yet. Uh. <laughs> You know, I lost to Rusty, but I have not lost since. Uh, Kirk, our friend, friend of the podcast, my cousin, my own flesh and blood, I humiliated <laughs> him last week. Uh, I won by 52 points. Uh, he had an absolutely atrocious week. He had three people in double figures, and one of them was an 11-point display from his defense. Mm. Uh, and the other two double figures, uh, Brock Purdy with 12. Jeez. And David Njoku with 10. Jeez. So, no, he just couldn't hang this week. Not whatsoever. Nope. Uh, this week, uh, I have got the pleasure of of playing the reigning Buddy Stevens Award winner, Aaron Ivey. Uh, he's projected to beat me, uh, but not He gave much. me my one and only but loss, man. I've been counting out before. He's given me yeah. my one and only loss. I got friend of the podcast, Cast Zach. Jones, I'm projected to win right now, but stranger things have happened. So um, we'll kind of see as the week plays out. We got Thursday night football going on tonight. I don't have any players playing tonight, so I can enjoy comfortably, and then we'll gear up I for do. this weekend. I have uh, James Cook has been anything but good yep. so far for me. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens. A lot of football left. So guys, thanks for tuning in. That's all I got for this week. Drew, you got anything else? That's it. 
Uh, I've enjoyed this, Rusty. It has been a nice reset for the rest of the week. Hope you guys all enjoyed this on your Friday. Get ready for another Saturday full of college football on a Sunday full of the NFL. And if you don't watch the Grizzlies, tomorrow night's a nice early 6 p.m. tip against the defending champion, Denver Nuggets. Uh, watch the Grizzlies get right. That's right. Get right. Upset defending champs. Look us up on social media at the Two Buck Sports Podcast. That's the number two Buck Sports Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Two Buck Sports Podcast on Facebook. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. If you want to see these ugly mugs for some reason, we're on YouTube. Just listen to us. It's probably the best course of action on Spotify, Apple, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. As always, leave us a review, five stars. Again, if you give us a five-star review and you leave us a comment, it will get read on air. And please tell your friends to sponsor this podcast. Appreciate you guys. Yes. Drew, enjoyed it, buddy. Enjoyed it, Rusty. We'll talk again next week.